I have always been of two minds about veterinary programs on television. In truth, the reason I took up this wonderful profession in the first place was my love of the James Herriot books and the original television adaptation of them. Without James Herriot, who knows what I would be doing now? On the flip side, I have found myself screaming at the television when a vet dazzled in the camera lights misses an obvious diagnosis or overcomplicates a simple procedure in one of the many reality veterinary shows screened now. I am still not sure if these programs are good or bad for the profession, but they are obviously here to stay. Lights, camera, action. This is reality TV, veterinary style. Are you a veterinarian dreaming about working down under in New Zealand? If so, I'd love to help you make that dream come true. Hi, I'm Julie South of VetStaff. VetStaff is New Zealand's only recruitment agency specialising in the Kiwi veterinary sector. We can help you find your dream job down under, from short-term locum assignments through to permanent employment and residency. Because we know God's own Aotearoa New Zealand like the back of our hands, we can match your career aspirations with a clinic that'll suit you best. Whether you're planning to work here for a few months or forever, if it's got anything to do with working in a vet clinic in New Zealand, we can help. Vetstaff.co.nz You are listening to The Vet Podcast, presented by veterinarian Dr. Brian Greger from New Zealand. Join us as we discuss pet health issues from around the world. The theme music of All Creatures Great and Small still gets me all rosy-eyed and nostalgic about my early years as a vet, as I remember visiting small, old-fashioned milking sheds with salt-of-the-earth farmers doing simple, rewarding tasks. Most of the carvings were simple, because the farmer hadn't already given it a try themselves, and the downer cows mostly got up because they were non-complicated milk fevers, and there hadn't already been a cocktail of metabolics tipped into them by the farmer before I got there. There was always a cup of tea and a cake in a warm kitchen when finished, or if it was later in the day, the invite inside for a quick beer, or a little drop of something stronger. And of course, the sun was always shining. Now to set the record straight... I am not of the James Herriot vintage, but still old enough to catch an episode and think, I remember doing that. Anyway, I'm getting all wistful here. I caught an episode of a fly-on-the-wall veterinary program the other night, and yes, I was again guilty at screaming at the screen. The suspense was palpable as the young vet was presented with an after-hours problem in a dog that, to me, should have been a simple... This is what we can do to diagnose it. These are the treatment options. This is the likely outcome. And this is what it will cost for the various diagnostic and treatment options. In this case, along with melodramatic music and a resonant voiceover inform the audience that this is a potentially life-threatening condition. And if it isn't diagnosed and treated immediately, the poor dog will die a miserable death. Stop. An advertisement break. More suspense. That was it for me. I just lost it. The swelling was what appeared to me as a tooth root abscess above one of the large upper teeth. Give the dog some painkillers, some antibiotics, put it in a cage and deal with it in the morning. It appeared that the dog went straight to surgery, but did it? In the program it did, but the clock on the wall of the surgery said 10.17 and there appeared to be a full complement of nurses present. Surely it was 10.17am because you wouldn't bring in all of the surgical team at 10.7pm for a tooth root abscess. 
Have I just seen some cunning editing? Am I being a bit harsh on the veterinarians involved in these programs though? Probably I am. There are some exceptions possibly. I haven't followed the case closely, but there was an American TV vet who got into strife for his treatment of, I think, a road traffic accident. But on the whole, the vets are doing their best. I suspect it is the actual format of these shows that gets old vets like me riled up. Probably the most visceral thing that sells any reality TV show is life and death drama. Just look at the ER, ambulance or police reality programs. A vet practice has all this drama in spades. So what is the effect of these programs on veterinary practice and veterinarians? As I said earlier, I'm of two minds here. There is a reasonable educational value for pet owners in a lot of these programs. Discussions on common conditions, what the symptoms are, how they are diagnosed, what the treatment is. I would imagine not infrequently a pet owner will be watching and think, my pet has those same symptoms, I had better get it seen. I note that there is a trend to personalise the vets. I have especially noticed this in some of the English programs, where the real person behind the vet is portrayed. This shows we are human like everybody else. It also shows the kind of conditions we work under. Long hours, always the risk of injury from our patients, often grovelling in the mud and muck, and for the rural vets, out in all sorts of weather. Although not often stated directly, the tight bond between us and our fellow vets and between vets and vet techs or nurses is always on show. So what are the negatives? From a clinician's point of view, there are a lot. I get frustrated with the over-dramatisation of what appears to be a relatively minor condition. Diagnostics undertaken that probably weren't really indicated and what appears to me to be over-treating of some conditions. I have to stop myself though. I have to remember that there are several steps I'm not seeing. Firstly, these programmes are primarily entertainment. Any education passed on is a fortunate side effect. We have to remember that what is shown on television is actually the producer's perception of what went on. Now, on the whole, the producer has little or no veterinary knowledge, so their primary focus, of course, is entertainment. What is shown is a combination of the producer's vision and the editor's craft. The veterinarian, I'm assuming, has very little input. There are some features of these programs that I'm not quite so forgiving about, and again, the vets have very little influence on these. Firstly, the cases that don't respond. Almost every case spotlighted recovers. This is not the real world. Animals die under our care. Not for lack of treatment or a wrong diagnosis given. In the real world, animals die. Does this high survivability give the mindset to the client that the vet will fix the animal and potentially lead to complaints or bad social media comments if things don't turn out for the best? Because of this part of our working world being conveniently edited out, Often the empathy of the vets and the rest of the team is also not seen. To be real, the death of a patient, whether expected or not, is heartbreaking to the owner and the veterinary staff. A really big problem with these programs is that the cost of the treatment is never mentioned. At the extreme end is the triple titanium artificial legs featured in some of these programs following the high-tech referral clinics. But even the programs where the animal is hospitalised for a week or an emergency surgery is undertaken at two in the morning can give an inaccurate sense of reality. What did this actually cost? For most practices, the after-hours vet isn't waiting at the clinical night in case an emergency occurs. 
The client has probably woken the vet up from a deep sleep at home, although when I was on call, I never really slept that well anyway. So when the vet answers the call late at night, they're not being evasive or obtuse. They're trying to wake up and turn their clinical brain on. In preparing this podcast, it has really got me thinking about real-life veterinary programs. And to be fair, I have probably changed my mind a bit about them. Remember that what you are seeing is a layperson's interpretation of veterinary practice produced primarily for entertainment in an animal-loving world. As those of us in the profession know, there can be some very exciting, often very stressful situations occur. But what are the chances of these occurring for the one day a week the film crew is present? The film crew have to make their own excitement often, and that is why what us as vets think is an absolute dramatical overkill of the situation is edited into something very dramatic. As far as what the owners should take out of these programs, I think they have to be taken for what they are. Entertainment and a peek into a very interesting profession run by very passionate people. It is a slightly sanitised look at what we do. I would doubt that doing an enema on a constipated fat Labrador or cutting up a dead calf inside a cow would make particularly good television. Just remember that the programme is a representation of what happens in veterinary practice, but often sanitised. Animals die, veterinary services cost, and veterinary professionals are real people with real feelings. Patients dying and personal criticism really hurt. Remember that the veterinary profession in many parts of the world has the highest suicide rate of all of the professions. Respect your vet and tell them how much you appreciate them. It will make their day. Give me your thoughts on veterinary programs on any of our social media platforms. Do you watch them? Do you like them or hate them? Find us by looking for Vet Podcast. All one word. And that's it for another episode of the Vet Podcast. All of our links are in one place at beacons.ai slash vetpodcast. That is B-E-A-C-O-N-S dot A-I slash vetpodcast. And while you're there, don't forget to buy us a coffee. On behalf of me, Brian Greger, and everybody else involved in the making of this podcast, thanks for listening and we'll catch you again soon. Mm-hmm.